Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Hold my hand, sister. Hold my hand. Hold my hand, sister. Hold my hand. Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Deep into the earth I go. Deep into the earth I know. Hold my hand, sister. Hold my hand. Hold my hand, sister. Hold my hand. Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar and I have Priya here with me today. Thank you so much for joining us. I've invited Priya to um, come on the, the podcast and have a discussion about nonviolent communication and how that relates to womb-centered healing and many of the ideas and principles of collaboration and sisterhood and personal sovereignty and feminine empowerment that we discuss um, in the womb-centered healing temple. And so thank you so much for joining us, Priya. This I was hoping to have a lovely conversation with you. We discussed having a conversation with you about nonviolent communication sort of as an introduction uh, for folks who are listening who might not be familiar or want to be refreshed with some of the basic principles and tools that are available uh, to support our our healing process uh, through nonviolent communication. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and share um, about that to get us started. Okay, thank you so much, Sam. It's a real pleasure to be here today with you, sharing mm -hmm. this information, which is really uh, very near and dear to my heart. Uh, so my my name is uh, Priya Rakoff, and I uh, teach NBC and somatic awareness uh, through a number of different modalities, and I have a coaching uh, practice where I work with people individually, one on one. And I came across uh, nonviolent communication. It's also known as compassionate communication about 1995. And uh, I'd always been interested and involved in uh, psychology. I've trained, I'm a trained psychologist and uh, it's my passion. The inner world, what makes us tick is my passion. And what makes uh, how psychology relates to uh, spirituality is also my passion. And along with that, how we as women relate to each other and nurture each other and help each other heal mm -hmm. is also my passion, mm -hmm. one of my passions. So uh, uh, the, so as I said, I was always involved in the inner world of what, what made me tick, what my wounding was, healing my inner wounding, becoming a, a whole person, a loving person, uh, was always my focus. And when I came across uh, NBC, I began to learn more directly how I relate to the world how that relationship to the world through the way that I communicate supports my healing. So what I can say about NBC is that one of the things that it does is that it provides a bridge from our inner world and our intention to be heal healed and whole 
and how we create our outer world, how we create our relationships. And I became very passionate about NBC because I saw that it actually helped me to live my healing out into the world. And part of my healing was to get in touch with my deeper values and learning how to communicate using the principles and the tools of NBC helped me to uh, more succinctly and effortlessly express my values in the way that I speak with people, in the way that I think about life, in the way that I am in relationship with myself and the actions that I take. Mm -hmm. And over time, I became very, very involved in NBC and did major trainings and started teaching it. And am very passionate about sharing it with people because it actually uh, is a powerful tool uh, for everyone and especially for women in healing uh, ourselves and becoming uh, more powerful as women in the world. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit about me and my relationship to NBC. And, Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Thank yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. So I'm curious about this, what you, the last part of what you said about why and how you discovered uh, NVC's usefulness, particularly for being powerful as women and in, and I'm assuming that means, uh, empowering our femininity uh, possibly there's a distinction that you're making between becoming powerful as women versus becoming powerful by becoming like men or other powerful archetypes and abandoning femininity that that doesn't seem to have um, isn't valued by our societal norms and values you know that tends to be the case. And so it seems like you were making a distinction there in how you were saying that, but I would love to hear more about um, if that is indeed the case and, and what you meant by that, if you could flesh that out. Yeah, thank you. Um, I can, and I'll introduce my answer from a personal perspective. Mm -hmm. And that is that one of the reasons why I, I, I was attracted to NBC was because I felt frustrated with myself and my own voice in the world. I, I, and I, I pretty much know that other women <laughs> have felt frustrated in uh, either I didn't feel heard or I didn't feel like I was able to make my point or make myself be heard. I didn't know how to say no. I didn't know how to speak to my needs. I always, uh, all, all these kind of thi things that are results of the way we as women are particularly wounded. Mm -hmm. um, there, of course, men are wounded in this way too. I'm not um, going to discount that. But I know for sure that I grew up as a woman to defer to men. And so one of the ways that it showed up in my life is that I, I wasn't able to really speak clearly. I got flustered, tongue-tied. Uh, I was intimidated by men uh, in speaking and communicating. And I w was in touch with some of the wounds that I had, which, it, which were that my, my needs didn't matter. Uh, I didn't matter. Um, I was just here to support men, so I had to become a good listener. I didn't know how to say things. I could never say no. All those kinds of things that I know a lot of us share as women. And I know uh, that's the collective wounding uh, that women have in relationship to men. So that's one of the reasons why I came to NBC. And I uh, run groups specifically for women, and I hear this all the time, you know, not being able to say no, getting tongue-tied all those kinds of things. So in, and I was also aware that the way that I tried to come forward was through muscling it, through becoming more competitive. Mm -hmm. 
And I know that that's not my way. You know, I, of course, there are many shades and flavors of being a woman. And one of the flavors that I know is mine is uh, the, I call the soft, being aware of the soft underbelly of life, which is the more vulnerable aspect of, of life. And, and I wanted to be able to bring forth that in my speaking. I wanted to be able to become clear so that I could be understood, but also stay connected to my vulnerability and my softness. Mm. Uh, so that's how I became aware through my own personal experience that this journey was about integrating my feminine uh, in relationship to being able to speak clearly, to state my needs, to be clear with my boundaries, and to create what I wanted in the world, what I uh, needed to make my world a better place. Mm -hmm. um, now, the tools and the principles of NVC are, uh, are essential to human nature. That's what's so powerful about it. It's not really a gender-based uh, methodology or a set of principles that is gender-based. It's about the essence of what it is to be human. Mm -hmm. So NBC in itself doesn't necessarily uh, um, relate to the wounding that we as women have in our culture or other cultures, but because it speaks to the essential nature of humanity and how we communicate as humans and how we f what we feel in our hearts, it is applicable. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Is that? Yeah, that, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm glad you articulated that. Um, to, it weaves the connection uh, mm -hmm. for us. And, and, you know, you talked a little bit about the challenges and, and this is, certainly where I find some of my challenges with communication primarily as a woman with men where I get tongue-tied or I'm intimidated by um, certain styles of masculine communication yeah and what I've discovered is that that shows up not just in men but in women too that there are very mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and I don't want to just associate that with masculinity but there are certain types of competitive or aggressive ways of communicating mm -hmm. um, that any human being can engage mm -hmm. in and yeah. um, these social dynamics from our wounding around gender gender and um, you know relationships between men and women there's a whole a parallel set of relational dynamics between women as well mm -hmm. in sisterhood yeah. where there's varying degrees to which uh, we internalize th those or, or, ha or use uh, aggressive communication methods and manipulative communication methods to somehow gain power because that's how we've had that modeled to mm -hmm. us that that's at least in, in my upbringing, the person who was the loudest, the most manipulative, the most hurtful in their communication was usually the one who won the argument somehow or gained mm -hmm. some power in the circumstance. Mm -hmm. And and yet it was always, you know, just a re-wounding and a re-hurting and it didn't really gain any power or gain any mm -hmm. happiness for anyone involved to do it that yeah. way. So that became yeah. very clear that that's not the kind of communication that I wanted to carry on in my life. And mm -hmm. so learning how to, to see through all that and those patterns that we get ingrained in our nervous system of mm -hmm. responding in habitual ways seems to be something that NBC has to offer because mm -hmm. it requires 
And I'd love for you to share mm-hmm. more about this in specific, you know, your mm-hmm. experience of mm-hmm. this, of how MVC like requires us to slow down. You were just talking, mm-hmm. we were just talking about this before the call mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of breathing while mm-hmm. we're speaking, mm-hmm. listening to our own words mm-hmm. and really getting in touch with, and there's tools in NBC mm-hmm. to really get in touch with our own feelings and values mm-hmm. and express yeah. them more effectively and and which takes us away from that uh impulse to try to overpower the mm-hmm. other or mm-hmm. overpower something to mm-hmm. to create instead it's nourishing and being with what's actually here what am i actually feeling what are my needs mm-hmm. and so i would love for you to share about your experience learning how to do that mm-hmm. thank you um The thing that you were talking about uh, when you were saying, uh, talking about the power struggle that we Mm -hmm. get into Mm -hmm. with men and with other women as well. And uh, that uh, one of the reasons why NBC uh, helps to heal that and shift the paradigm away from the power struggle is specifically because it's built upon uh, principles that shift the paradigm, the paradigm uh, that we're in, that in, in relationship to other people, as well as providing us with very specific tools about how to do that. So first I'd like to just talk about the paradigm shift that NBC offers mm-hmm. and one of the bottom lines is uh, power with instead of power over. Mm-hmm. Right. So we live in a world that's power over. It's kind of obvious. Yeah. And specifically in relationship to men, we live in a world of power over. They're over and we're under. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the conflict dynamics that couples get into are about trying to work that out. And the wounding that we have in relationship to other women is definitely a power over kind of thing. We're in competition to get the guy. Mm -hmm. So that is for in heterosexual women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so one of the major paradigm shifts is from power over to power with and that's a major shift it's a major shift internally specifically because it really focuses the energy from i'm better than you i'm going to get it instead of you have and have not kind of thing to how can I make the world a place where we both can share power. How can I make the world a place where I'm supported and you're supported in being as powerful as we can be as individuals and sharing that power? Mm-hmm. So that's another principle of NBC. It's the principle of co-creation. So when I communicate from that place of how can I make uh, this a level playing field in terms of power? How can I support you and myself to be as powerful as we can be? And then use that power to create something together for the benefit of both of us. Is uh, that, That's kind of the basic playing field of NBC. That's the basic foundation of NBC. Mm-hmm. And then it feels like that instead of one person's power being diminished and that there's a limited amount of power to go around, right? Mm -hmm. One person gets it and everybody else doesn't or like that. Instead, with this co-creative model of power with, everyone's power is augmented and Mm -hmm. we all can nourish each other uh, Mm -hmm. together. It just... Um, ah, sigh of relief. <laughs> I know it's such a huge relief, and specifically, 
simply holding that in my awareness creates a shift in the way that I communicate because then it makes me more sensitive to, oh, wait a second here. I feel something. I feel a power differential here that's getting created, right? Mm. Because we non-verbally can feel the energy of that. We can feel the energy of one up, one down. Mm-hmm. And so just holding that paradigm shift in my consciousness attunes me to whether I'm creating a one up, one down, or whether I'm actually sharing energetic power with another person. Mm-hmm. So that's one specific way. The, uh, the tools that NBC um, offers that Marshall Rosenberg, who was the developer of this, uh, offered specifically teach people how to tune themselves to shared power uh, using the spoken word and using listening. So that's a gift, right? Because often, I, I don't know about you, but I found myself like speechless. I don't know how to say what it is that I want to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say oftentimes, uh, I'm thinking X, what do you think about X? You know, there's, there was no template in the way that I was brought up mm-hmm. to invite somebody to join in in my thinking process around mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And NVC actually gives you like scripts to practice so that you can train your nervous system and your cognitive, mental, verbal uh, acuity to actually be able to say authentically, you know, I think the living room should be blue, but I'd really like to know what you think about that. Right. You know, something that uh, on a simple level and right. on a more complex level, it, you know, you could see how important that would be when it comes to running a household and growing children up or any kind of major thing that you're doing in your life. So, um, yeah, that's uh, specifically how NVC would uh, deal with how to share power by uh, teaching us how to invite people into our process or conversely how to ask somebody how they would like us to be involved in their process an example of that would be wow i see that you really uh are concerned about our daughter doing x i'm wondering how you would like me to help you to think about that rather than let me tell you what I think about that. Right. Right. You can see the difference is like uh, a softer. It is from, from my particular point of view, it's the, it's, it is the feminine aspect. Uh, it's hard for me to articulate why, but I feel it in my bones. It's a more accepting, allowing, uh, inviting, uh, it somatically, it's more about the yoni and the womb, right? It's inviting, it's engaging, it's surrounding, it's growing, you know, all these somatic, uh, these are what goes on inside of us as women somatically. And NBC offers us an opportunity to learn how to speak in those ways, in those somatic ways. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And, you know, I'm just feeling how NVC has influenced me. And I've, mm-hmm. I haven't studied it as in depth as you, but it mm-hmm. has been a part of my reality for many, many mm-hmm. years. Um, I got involved with, with, um, consensus decision making early on as a intentional community member and we would evoke certain nvc principles um, Mm -hmm. 
for our decision-making processes. Um, and what it's done for me is that I can I can tell when some someone is um, creating animosity is inserting animosity that isn't necessarily there and and we spoke earlier about the mm -hmm. difference between the and paradigm mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in conversation where mm -hmm. where we might have two different perspectives but we mm -hmm. see them joined with an and the word yeah. and yeah. Mm -hmm. versus the word but mm -hmm. Um, and how the word but brings in this animosity because mm -hmm. it's putting it's putting an opposition the two ideas in opposition yeah. instead of two opposing ideas could very much be the balanced out version of the whole situation bringing wholeness and completeness and meeting yeah. everyone's needs it doesn't have to be a situation of one overpowering the other yeah. and so uh so for me the i can feel when that's happening with a person mm -hmm. where but has but and <laughs> mm -hmm. then i uh <laughs> get creative with finding ways to uh communicate with that person that wait a second here mm -hmm. we could be partners we don't have to be enemies yeah and and that as you said earlier gets in more complex situations where there's intense strong emotions involved in you yeah. know romantic relationships or yeah uh, more intimate partnerships where there's mm -hmm. more risk at stake mm -hmm. um some of our fear-based or trauma-based coping mm -hmm. mechanisms that tend to get into animosity can come into play and i feel like there's tools in nvc that i'd love for you to share more specifically about how to how those tools allow us to back up and notice when we're inserting animosity mm -hmm. into a situation where it doesn't need to be there or possibly someone else's is coming at a situation or conversation with animosity and how we can sort of diffuse that mm -hmm. and already you hinted at some some scripts mm -hmm. that you spoke about but um yeah and there it is <laughs> and i would love to hear more yeah yeah thank you um i'm aware that this is the second time you've asked me about the specific tools and uh as I was hearing that, I was thinking, hmm, why haven't I talked about the tools? And uh, I will. The tools are many. It's yes. a very big toolbox. So it's yeah. difficult to speak to it perfunctorily like this. No. And, and um, I just, so I just want to say that the tools uh, come directly out of the principles. They're not an overlay. So it's important to understand the principles uh, and in between the tools and the principles, there's a tr personal transformation that happens. So mm -hmm. one thing I want to say is that the tools actually are there. They're, it's like going to the gym to lift weights, mm -hmm. to create stronger muscles, so then your whole body can function more effectively. So the tools are there not to be used because they're tools and you use them in a kind of rote way. Uh, you know, like if X is happening, then you go into the toolbox and you get the hammer or you get the wrench or whatever. But they're used to help one transform to actually living the principles and the values. So the tools are there so that you can more effectively and more easily and more authentically live in a world, in your own world, inside yourself, more, most fundamentally, the most important thing is that you can live inside yourself, 
for instance, from that place of power with, and then you could live in relationship to the people that you're intimate with from that perspective. And then the world, you can see the world from that perspective. So the tools are intertwined with the principles and um, the power with is the big, the biggest overarching principle. And then the, the smaller ones are and versus, but, you know, um, there, there's no right or wrong. There's just preference kind of thing. Um, the, the, those are just two. So some of the tools, so what are the tools? The tools are, there's a set of tools that are, that are in between the principles and the template for, for the way to communicate. And those are uh, looking at uh, being in touch with and knowing the distinction between feelings, thoughts, needs, and actions. Right. Most of us sort of know the distinction between that, but we, we actually don't. We mush it all together. We, we say, I feel when we're actually thinking something, right? Mm -hmm. we, we think of an action like uh, when, when we have a need, we immediately think of an action. When we're hungry, we immediately think of making dinner. So we confuse our needs with actions that we normally take to fulfill those needs. So one of the toolboxes of MVC is learning how to distinguish between feelings as pure energy moving through us, thoughts as our interpretation, our perceptual interpretation, our perceptual cognition about what's going on in life, our needs, which in the MBC world are, are living energies within us, like the need to, to, uh, the need to be nourished, the need to love, the need to care, just as an example, the need to be included, the need to be heard. Those are living energies inside of us that are part of our humanity. So distinguishing that from the way we interpret life distinguishing that from the feelings that we have and then distinguishing all of that from the actions that we take to fulfill our needs. So once we begin to distinguish those things, we actually develop more clarity about what's going on inside of ourselves. Mm. We get more deeply in touch with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's an important aspect. Uh, Beautiful. That's, yeah. Th that's very clarifying to me. So let me just see if oh, I good. can um, share back with you what you were oh. just sharing. That okay, great. We're learning that one of the, the main tools to support these principles is learning to distinguish our feelings, mm -hmm. thoughts, needs, and actions that mm -hmm. we tend to smush all together. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so sort of teasing that out so that we can recognize when we're having a feeling about something, for example, mm -hmm. maybe I feel sad mm -hmm. about uh a particular situation um, mm -hmm. and then I may have a need in that situation or around mm -hmm. my sadness even I may mm -hmm. really need to take some quiet time or nurture myself in a certain way mm -hmm. or commute you know ask someone for something mm -hmm. uh, I may have a need that someone else take care of me in a certain way by either leaving me alone or giving mm -hmm. me needing some attention some affection some support some an ear mm -hmm. to listen to me i might have a need like that that involves mm -hmm. another person and then i might uh then 
I might have thoughts, interpretations about my feeling of sadness that could mm -hmm. be all kinds of things. I could mm -hmm. be, yeah, that, well, that's a whole other discussion altogether. All right. yeah. How our thoughts get involved with our feelings. And then, and then there's the action that I might take around my sadness and my needs. Right. And if I can be clear about what my thoughts are about my sadness and my need and and clear about what my actual needs are, my thoughts about the actions I'm going to take and my needs about my actions might be two very different things. Right. Which that that's that's accurate. And that brings me to uh, the point of like, why, why, why do this? And. Uh, why do this is because when there's clarity about around the distinction between these things within ourselves, then we can actually more easily create what we need that's possible. So let me, let me explain that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. in, the, in the old paradigm of being, we get a position and then we fight for our position. And that is what creates a lot of internal conflict with inside ourselves and a lot of external conflict. So without these skills, we're just bumbling around, kind of feeling what we need. And then we kind of get frozen in what we need and we struggle with ourselves and with other people around us to get what we need. And oftentimes we're doing uh, a lot of conceding, um, you know, compromising uh, and stuff like that. Well, Not getting what if I could just interject one thing uh, about the being on a position, it may having a position that you're defending may have absolutely nothing to do with what you actually need too. That's right. That's, that's the point that I was making. Yeah. So, okay. And that's what yeah. I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the, the, so what gets us up, what gets us into trouble is this fixed idea that uh, of position. Mm -hmm. And that's how most of us go around the world. We're in these positions, but uh, life is really much more mutable. So when we can, understand these distinctions of what's really going on inside of us and cultivate awareness around it, we have the capacity to have more choice because we are learning how to track change as it's happening. We're tracking change as it's happening within ourselves, and we're tra tracking change as it's happening within another person. So if I, um, if I feel, for, for example, um, I'll give you an example. I'm in my room and I hear my housemate come in. She slams the door and I get angry because it was a disturbance to me. Right. Mm -hmm. In the old paradigm of getting frozen in a, in a platform, I might come out of my room or I might be fuming in my room. Oh my God, she always does that. How come she doesn't get that? I need quiet, all these kind of things that happen, right? And then I'm kind of frozen. Then I don't know how to communicate with her. Then I have a withhold. Then I'm busy all day long thinking, how am I going to communicate this with her? Mm -hmm. Right. Does sound kind of familiar? <laughs> oh no, that never. Right. <laughs> yeah. So learning how to distinguish between my, uh, my feelings, my needs, uh, what I'm interpreting, my thinking, and my actions, I, be, I, I can sit with, wow, she just came in and slammed the door. I feel angry because uh, I have a need for quiet. And I also have an interpretation that she doesn't respect me which is making me even more angry, which is stopping me from communicating with her. So if I can 
stop at that point and go, wait a minute, maybe I need to check in with her and find out what was really going on with her so that I can broaden my perspective around my interpretation, right? <sighs> right, then I, I can be in a, right, so then when I think, when I, so this is kind of what NBC gives me internally. It's like, wait a minute, maybe she was in a hurry, maybe she's upset, maybe the wind blew the door closed, you know, all these things could have happened. And then all of a sudden, in considering what my uh, thinking process is, I notice, oh my God, well, I'm not so angry anymore. <laughs> and oh my God, I'm actually thinking about her instead of me. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I'm, I'm thinking now, instead of I'm so, I'm so angry because my privacy and my, you know, my tranquility was disturbed. I'm wondering, I hope she's okay. <laughs> so then it shifts everything. It right. Right. So this is an example of how NBC of just that the, learning those distinctions and how to be aware of them within myself shifts my world mm. instantly and and creates a tremendous amount of richness. And it allows me to be more uh, mutable. Yeah. And not stuck on that that painful platform for me right. you know i could easily and i and i see this in in the relational work that mm -hmm. i do with the womb centered healing um it's very easy to get stuck on a platform of the pain that we're in and how right. everyone else caused us that pain and <laughs> right and right. and then we see every scenario in mm -hmm. that in that light and uh i've been having a lot of these experiences personally just like what you described uh with my husband for example of you know painting the scenario or the way that he is with mm -hmm. this brush of that platform of you know we've mm -hmm. got to we've got to rise up out of the depths of the pain of patriarchy right Right. Yeah. And and painting him with that uh just another mm -hmm. patriarchal man raised in patriarchy. How could he be mm -hmm. any different brush? But coming to to feel and and listen to and understand how he's just as harmed by the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And his you know, that his 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 pain and limitation is often more what's going on mm -hmm. than anything that he is intending to, you know, he's not intending to overpower me. He's dealing with his pain, right. inner pain. And when I realize that and remember that, then, then this empathy that happens mm -hmm. and you didn't say that term, but that's a term that, that I'm familiar mm -hmm. with in NBC. And I'm curious to hear you share more about that because I, that's what I heard you describe in this mm -hmm. area with the roommate, right? Is that suddenly you're empathizing with the other right. person. You're curious yeah. about what they're feeling yeah. and that diffuses the animosity and creates intimacy instead. It right. feels like to me where, you know, when I really yes. listen and, and, you know, ask my husband what he's feeling, get off my right. platform of he just did that thing. And, right. And I'm pissed at him because he <laughs> did, he perpetuated the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> if I can step aside and say, wait a second, why did he, is he doing that thing? Mm -hmm. Yes. What is going on for him? What need does he have? What feeling does he have? Yeah. What thought does he actually have about that? It's probably very different than the paintbrush I'm painting it with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I'm glad you brought the word up, empathy. Uh -huh. And you described, what you described is a, um, a process in, in NBC called making the other person into an em enemy image. Uh -huh. Right. So you, you, you have a tendency to make your husband into the enemy image of the patriarchy. Yes. And by using empathy, 
and understanding and inquiry, you dispel that en enemy image and then you can actually relate to him as a human being yeah. with all of his wounding and intricacy. Yeah. And that, so I'm glad you brought that up because empathy obviously is a really big uh, piece of NBC. And uh, NBC has very specific ways to teach us how to be empathetic. The, the building of awareness between feelings, needs, interpretations, and actions uh, helps us. Mm -hmm. You just described the way that it does, helps us to be more empathetic because empathy is really being able to step into somebody else's shoes and understand what's going on for them outside of how it impacts us. Because that is actually what stops us from being empathetic. We usually locate ourselves in the 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 effect. Like you hurt me, you made me angry, you did this, you did that, and now I'm feeling sad, whatever. Empathy, the capacity to be empathetic is about being able to no matter what's going on inside of us no matter what kind of hurt or woundedness we have, the, the capacity to have empathy is to be able to go outside of that without, let, without losing it, without uh, discounting it, but holding ourselves within a context of empathy while stepping into somebody else's shoes, mm -hmm. while wondering with curiosity, I wonder what is going on over there. I wonder what that other person is going through right now. Mm -hmm. And if I can't relate, empathy is also the willingness to ask and the willingness to make an attempt at understanding. Right? Because how many times does somebody say, I'm going through X, Y, Z, can you relate? And you, and you actually think, no, I really can't relate. But it doesn't matter. You don't have to relate to the specifics of what somebody is going through in order to feel empathy because what you can relate to are the basic needs that somebody has. Not necessarily how they're trying to go about getting those needs met, but you can relate to the basic needs. And that brings us back to why it's important to learn how to distinguish between feelings and needs and thoughts because we all as human beings have the same needs. We all have the need to be loved, to be heard, to express ourselves, to have warmth, to have emotional connection, all those things. Mm -hmm. How the strategies of how we go about getting those needs met might look different, but we all have the same basic needs. So uh, the, that, that, uh, hierarchy, that um, kind of awareness of the differentiation between things helps us to have empathy for other people and, and compassion. You know, empathy and compassion are mm -hmm. uh, opposite sides. They're not opposite sides of the same coin. They, they live in the same bubble, mm -hmm. right? Uh, compassion is the internal felt sense of being open to understanding someone no matter what's going on inside yourself and, and separate from what you think or what you're going through. And empathy is the, the acting on that compassion in relationship to another person or yourself. It's possible that you might need to give yourself empathy for something that's going on. So that's how empathy fits in. And, um, I'm aware that we, we're almost running out of time. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to mention one little, uh, one other set of tools that's really important if I, if I could. Would that be okay please. with you? Yes, okay. please do. Okay, so the other little set of tools, uh, and, and there's a lot of stuff that goes into all these things, but the other little set of tools is understanding the distinction between listening and speaking between 
self-expression and inquiry of another person. Between sharing what's so, what's, you know, what your honest vulnerability is, the distinction between that and making a request of somebody to join you in how you want to fulfill a need, right? So listening in itself is a very active um, engagement in locating yourself over with the other person and trying to understand what they're talking about. Not how it relates to me, but really trying to understand what they're saying and get it. Right? Uh, s expressing myself how I feel, I'm just giving you examples, is very distinct from asking somebody how they might want to join me in getting my need met. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. Like I, I might say to you, you know, I'm really, really hungry right now. And um, I'd love to stop and eat something. And I'm wondering if uh, you're hungry. And if you're not, would you be willing, I'd love for you to join me and sit with me. Would you be willing to just sit with me while I eat and we can visit? Right. right. So I'm, ex so, so that's kind of clear. Mm -hmm. Usually people say, do you want to eat? <laughs> you ever have anybody say that to you? Do you want to eat? Yeah. Right. And what's in there is all of this. Right. I'm hungry. I want to eat. Uh, would you do like you to wanna, join me? Right. Exactly. And instead of saying that, we say, do you want to eat? <laughs> Hoping that the person will somehow know. And if then they... Right. If they say, no, I don't want to eat, then you're sitting there feeling like your need's not going to get met. <laughs> how many, <laughs> how many fights were started? Exactly. Just with that. <laughs> exactly. So this is, this is the, you know, th this is the beauty of learning how to express oneself, how to listen, how to uh, ask for what you want in a way that engages the person. Now we used a very surface level example, but it could get very complicated. Well, you know, I think it, this is so particularly healing for women too, because there's some very, uh, um, there's some patterns that I grew up with as a woman that, that you don't even know what you, what, what you need or want to begin with because right. we're taught to, to disregard our own needs and to cater to everyone else's needs that yes we're, that we're not even allowed you know mm -hmm. that's the modeling i got from my mother she was supposed to sacrifice all of her wants desires and needs uh, right. in service to everyone else's wants desires and needs so if other people didn't want the same thing that she wanted in the family then she just went without having what she wanted or needed right and so um that learning how to actually recognize and mm -hmm. speak out. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, because the flip side, uh, the, the other, the, the, from that place of not being able to even speak out your needs or even mm -hmm. recognize them, then there's this resentment. And then when you do start to ask for your needs to get met, it's laced with all this resentment and accusation of you've never let me have my needs be met towards right. the other person, right? The yes. usually the the yeah <laughs> either the kids yeah. or the or the spouse or whomever. And mm -hmm. so instead saying, wait a second, it's okay for me to have this need mm -hmm. and it's okay for me to assume that you actually want me to have my needs met. Yes. And that we can find a way together that all of our needs can be met. It's yes. Stepping off that platform of mm -hmm. it's me or them, right? <laughs> it's either my exactly. needs because I'm at the top of the heap or your needs because yeah. you're at the top of the heap, right? What right. if we're all just in a partnership together and, and sharing right. that power of being able to 
ask right. for what we want and need and have yeah. our needs met together. Beautiful vision yes. and experience that we get yes. to grow into. Yes. <sighs> yes, it is. It is. And the, the complex beauty of it is that once we learn how to express our feelings and our needs as uh, distinct from our interpretations and our request for action, we, like I said before, we get to actually feel change inside of us relative to our needs in relationship to other people mm. so that we begin to learn how to live in a truly co-creative world because co-creation is a mutable thing. I keep using that mm. word. Um, it, it seems to be my, my word for the day, but it's, it's sort of like um, when I truly understand you from an empathetic perspective, it actually has the effect of changing my needs. Mm-hmm. And how I am in relationship with my needs, it actually changes the kind of strategies that I think of to get my needs met. It gives me more flexibility. It broadens the playing field. And whenever there's a broader playing field, many more things are possible between people. And there's greater peace between people because there are more options. (sighs) Yeah. So this kind of brings it back around to, you know, the larger perspective of, of why it's important because basically it changes the paradigm to one of me versus you versus all of us together in this together. It's an us paradigm mm-hmm. and it changes the uh, playing field from one of, I have this one need that I have to get met. And if I don't get this need met, it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to just keep, hammering away at that to, wow, I have all these options. Mm -hmm. I have lots of ways that I can get my needs met because now I'm working as an us in coordination with other people versus against other people. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it has the function of creating more collective healing. Mm Well, beautiful Priya, we can, I'm sure we can, I could sit here and talk with you about this all afternoon. I know, it's one of my favorite <laughs> topics. Thank you. I'm so glad you feel that way too. <laughs> uh, I just keep getting these big sighs of relief um, uh-huh. uh, because I feel as we just articulate it and the more we speak about it and share about it with others okay. that we kind of spread the possibility of, of everyone learning and we all learning together how to return to this partnership and togetherness mm-hmm. that yeah. you know, we're so longing for. So, or yeah. at least I am. And Me too. You too. And many that, mm-hmm. that I meet um, as well. Yeah. So um, I would love for you to share if, if folks want to get in touch with you and learn more about your work and your offerings and coaching services, how can people find you? Oh, great. I have a website and it's a Priya Rakoff. And and if you're listening, you have a pen, you can write it down. It's P-R-I-Y-A-R-A-C-K-O-F-F, like Frank Frank. Mm -hmm. That's my name, dot com. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can also find me on Facebook if you want to connect with me that way mm-hmm. and you can connect with me through my website and, and I have a pretty extensive website. I have all kinds of writings on there and a blog and audios and a list of all my services and you're welcome to contact me through that. Lovely. And yeah, and we'll have some more conversations I'm thinking. And, oh, good. I was going to yeah. mention that. I'm glad you did. I, I mm-hmm. hope to have, um, you know, get into some more specific topics um, to, and possibly even maybe some group things for the Womb Centered Healing Temple, where we get to explore and practice together um, uh, some of these principles and tools. So I really appreciate you participating in that way. Yeah, I look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Very much. 
All right. So thank you again for joining us and thank you to the listeners for listening in. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, Sama Morningstar, you can find me at samamorningstar.com. Uh, you can also get there by going to wombcenteredhealing.com. And you can also find me on Facebook at Sama Morningstar. All right. That's all for now. Thank you so much. Any last words of, of wisdom before we go, Priya? Oh, well, uh, I, I think I'll just leave it at that. I, I so appreciate having the opportunity to have this conversation with you. Thank yes. you so much for inviting me. Likewise, likewise, me too. All right. Until next time.